time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Merry Christmas, DSM. Everybody say Merry Christmas. That's right. The culture may say happy holidays and seasons greetings. But here where we celebrate Jesus, where everything's built around Jesus, where Jesus came to earth for us, Jesus died and resurrected, we're celebrating the one who is seated on a very real throne who will return for us, and we celebrate Jesus, so we say Christ, we say Christmas, everybody say Christmas. Look at the person next to you and say Merry Christmas. That's good. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. God, we thank you for what you're doing right here at DSM. We thank you for your presence and we thank you for your power. We thank you for your spirit and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for friendships that help us as comrades along the way to follow you. And God, we ask, Lord, that you would help us and strengthen us tonight as we think upon Jesus, as we long for Jesus, as we celebrate Jesus coming to earth, as we celebrate Jesus even here with us now. We pray, Lord God, that you would cause our hearts to burn within us In Jesus' name, and DSM said, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, tonight, the title of my message is, Don't Miss Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, let's read this together. It's a lot of Bible tonight. Here we go. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Say Magi, that's where most of you know the idea of wise men, all right? Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who, is, who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report it to me. So that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Intriguing story here because here you have, right in the text, you've got these chief priests and these teachers of the law who were experts. In fact, they were, they were such experts in the word of God. They were such experts in understanding what was to come that when Herod, the Roman ruler said, hey, tell me about this prophecy of a Messiah. They were immediately able to quote Micah 5, 2, this idea 
that the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. They were insiders. They had knowledge. They knew what was supposed to be. And yet, they missed it. And yet, at the same time, you have outsiders from a distant land who came and they were the ones who came in and they followed the star. These kings, these magi came from another land and they were able to see Jesus. They were the ones that were able to worship him, bow down and offer gifts. They saw Jesus. I don't know about you, but um, when, I was in, when I was in high school, I, uh, I loved hanging with my friends. You enjoy hanging with your friends? And um, so I had, I had these two friends that were both football players. And so they were, you know, both gargantuan big dudes. And, uh, and one time, one of them invited me to go with him to the beach. Uh, and we went to the beach in Florida. And I was in Oklahoma at the time. And, and so uh, it was the summer... It was the summer after my senior year of high school. And, and so I decided to go with he and his, and his family to Florida to go to the beach. And uh, my other friend came too. So there's three of us. And we went with his family. And interestingly enough, my friend's dad was a pastor. And so I was, you know, really into Jesus and really into seeing God move and had seen God do so many great things in my high school. And, and so... On the long drive from Oklahoma to Florida, I ended up having long conversations with my friend's dad, the pastor. And we had hours and hours of conversation, and, and I liked him. He was cool, and I liked that just, I, we, we, talked, we talked Bible, and we talked God, and it was great. And then we arrived, and we only had a few days there. We weren't spending a whole lot of time there. And one of the days, his dad came to me, and he said, hey, David, I know that you guys have the, a plan for the three of you teenage boys to go to the beach today, but I just wanted to let you know that there's a church that's nearby. It's about an hour and a half drive. He said, I'm going to go to this church because there's stories about a revival that's going on. And I was suddenly torn because I was like, what? Beach or church? Well, huh. I'm into God, but I live in Oklahoma. Now we're in Florida. And, uh, you want me to skip out with my friends and go with my friend's dad to church instead of going to the beach with my friends? And so I chose to go to the beach that day. And, uh, and, and little did I realize that this exciting move of God that was actually going on in Pensacola, Florida, well, it had 200,000 people. What is that noise going on? Is that a helicopter? Is that, is that the Lord? Is that a helicopter? Oh, it's a helicopter. Okay. Thought it might be the heater going on, which would be great. Um, so, but this church, this church in Pensacola, Florida, during that season, it was the beginning of a revival. It was the beginning of a move of God where 200, say 200,000. 200,000 people came to know Christ. It was a revival, it was a move of God that went night after night after night after night after night where, where people were healed and where salvations took place. And as I got older into my college years, I began to develop this regret that I didn't go. It was the, I mean, literally that season was like the first couple weeks of this 
revival, this move of God. And I, was, I, had, the, I had the inside scoop. I had, I had the opportunity to go. I was there. I was close by. And to this day, historians will, will still talk about, will still talk about that revival. And there's been Bible schools that have been planted because of that revival. And yet I, I missed it. I was an insider. I mean, I had the information, and yet, and yet I, <laughs> I went to the beach, and I missed it. I think as you and I step into this Christmas season, you guys are insiders. You go to church. You go to a big church. We've got all these different programs available. Many of you have moms and dads that, that talk about Jesus Many of you know Christmas songs, you know the carols, you know the language, you know what you're supposed to say. You're an insider. You've got the opportunity. And yet, and yet could it be, could it be possible that you and I with inside information, you and I with being the insiders, could it be that we would end up like these teachers of the law that missed it, that missed their chance? Tonight, my plea is that amidst all of the wonderful things, all the great Christmas activities and programs and songs, and, and now we even have like s'mores being a part of the Christmas season, right? We're pulling that in with eggnog, right? I mean, all the treats, all the parties, all that. Amidst all of that, my plea is that you wouldn't miss the most important piece. Jesus, that we don't miss it, that we don't have all the information, we're able to sing the rhetoric, we know the songs, we can, we can, we, we, we know what we're supposed to do, we've got, we know the carols, we know, we know Christmas presents, we, we can even quote Luke 2, and you've been quoting Luke 2 in the Christmas story since you were a little kid, but I'm talking about you and your relationship with God, I'm talking about these teachers of the law, these Pharisees, they missed it. They had, they, had, they had Micah memorized. They were able to respond to Herod. They knew it. They had the information. And yet, and yet the outsiders caught it, followed the star, and ended up being worshipers, ended up surrendering, ended up giving. Great gifts. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being one of those kings? That we're able to actually follow the star, see Jesus, the outsider finds Jesus. My prayer for you is that in the midst of all of this stuff, in the midst of all of that you've got going, in the midst of all of the, Christ, the Christmas hoopla, all the stuff, that we don't miss him. I want to read out of Isaiah 60. It says, arise, shine, verse 1, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord rise upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over all the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. These kings show up, follow the star and find Jesus. And then obviously, you know, as Jesus grows up, then at the end, when he gives this great commission, where he tells his disciples to go into all the world, he tells them to go into all nations. The truth is, is that there's not this special place that you have and I have now, just because we've got knowledge. Jesus is available to all. He's been, he wants all to come to know him. 
And you and I, sometimes I just feel like growing up with so much Christmas stuff, we miss Jesus at Christmas. Wow, and I, listen, I love the trees and the presents and the eggnog. It's all awesome. It's good. In fact, the other day when I was with my family, we were up at Park Meadows Mall and I've got four little kids and I'm holding bags in my hand, you know, with, in this hand and a Starbucks in this hand and it's the mall and it's chaotic and my kids are smiling and there's people everywhere and I remember actually having this godless thought, oh, Christmas. And then I realized this is the tatterings, but this isn't the core. Christmas. Christmas at the core. God with us. Jesus. God of the ages. Coming to earth. The way that John says it in his gospel is the word became flesh. God became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us or lived among us. This is what I love with the way John says it. We have seen his glory. Say glory. Now say glory. We have seen his glory. My question for you tonight is, have you seen his glory? We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Have you seen it? I mean, certainly there were what would be like us. I mean, church people, people that had a lot of stuff memorized and they knew the scriptures and they missed it. They were in Jerusalem and they missed it. And it was only in Bethlehem. It was only about an hour and a half walk to Bethlehem. Right? You guys remember? We took a team of DLA. We took a team to Israel. Right? And we were there. We went to Bethlehem. We went to Jerusalem. And it's five miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. It's five miles. It's, I mean, it's an hour and a half walk on the treadmill, about an hour and 15 minutes. Right? I mean, it's not that far. They, they, they could have that they're in Jerusalem and they missed it. It's so close. It, it's, it's, a, it's an hour and 20 minute walk. We've been, look on Google Maps. They're right there. They're right close to each other. Right? We were there. We were together there. Stephanie and Candace got engaged there. Right? I mean, no, not in Bethlehem, but on the Sea of Galilee. But anyway. We were there. I mean, it's close. Bethlehem, it's right there. And so there's the king of the ages. God of the universe, born in Bethlehem, outsiders experienced it, insiders missed it. It is so possible to be 17 years old, have a Christmas break, a Christmas service, a Christmas candlelight service, a Christmas sweater, a Christmas movie night a christmas blaga laga 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 and miss jesus my prayer for you is that you would do as the wise men as the magi that you would find him search for him and then be with him and then what does it say they bowed their knee to him so see him, so behold his glory that you go, I just, I want, I want to give you my life. I surrender. It says that they bow down. And then the scripture says that they worshiped. They said, wow, you really are awesome. 
And then they gave gifts. What would happen if this Christmas we stepped out of being the cool kids that are the insiders that have like the big church with the big Christmas Eve service with thousands of people and the Christmas cards and the Christmas stuff. And if you just said, I'm great with all those things, but the one thing that I'm going to focus on this Christmas, I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to be like the Magi. And they went on a trek. I mean, it wasn't like a small thing. It was, I mean, I'm talking about the, the religious leaders who lived in Jerusalem were the ones that, the insiders that missed it. The outsiders, they went a long way. I mean, it was a long, it was trekking through lands. It was like, it was like Lord of the Rings or Wizard of Oz or whatever. I mean, it was like, it was a long journey. And for you and for me, we've got an opportunity. Jesus is here. Jesus is among us. God with us. Jesus has already come. Jesus has already lived perfectly. Jesus has already died on the cross. Jesus has already been resurrected. Jesus seated in heaven. Jesus right now wants you to know him, to have a relationship with him, to encounter him, to worship him. And so it's true. The culture. The culture's going to throw at you all kinds of other things. The culture's going to throw at you all kinds of reasons to celebrate like eggnog and malls and sweaters and scarves. The culture's going to throw out season's greetings, winter break. But I'll tell you who we are as the community of the baptized, the fellowship of the redeemed, the fellowship of the burning hearts, those that follow Jesus, we're Christ followers that have surrendered our lives, that worship this God of the ages became a man for us. The word became flesh. He dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. This is what we believe. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.